You're listening to the Conversations Podcast, brought to you by Cypress Creek Church. If we're not going to be turning to God, we're going to look to other things and they're not going to satisfy. They're not, you know, and that's why it starts with, as the deer pants for water, so my soul longs for you. That's the only thing that can truly satisfy. Welcome to Conversations Podcast. I'm Taylor. Today joined by two special guests. First, we have Lead Pastor Jose Evero with us. Jose, good morning. Thanks good morning. for being here. Good morning, Taylor. Good to be here. And we're joined by Worship Pastor Joel Hernandez. Joel, hey, thanks for on, being. Guys. Absolutely. I'm excited to be here. Oh, great to have you both. We are in the midst of a series called Songs of Jesus, looking at the book of Psalm this summer. Jose, would love to give you the first word on why you picked Psalm 42 Psalm this week. Psalm 42. A little behind the scenes as you prepared yeah. this week. Yeah, so it teaches us how to do sadness and despair well. And it teaches us that there are no such things as professional Christians. We all um, are under the weather of this broken world. So we all go through storms and, and we all have seasons where we feel like God is distant. And I certainly have. Um, and this psalmist certainly did. And he's, you know, son of Corey, he's a worship leader, a worship pastor hey. <laughs> uh, of the day. The, the job that he had was to lead God's people uh, in worship at the temple back then. And so he's very honest with God. So a lot stood out to me in the psalm. I tried to be as clear and direct because, yeah, there was a lot of different things that this psalm brought about. Um, so I'm ready to go further into Ooh, it. Let's, let's jump in. in. Let's jump in. Okay, so we're going, switching up the order just a little bit, uh, but following what you had on, on Sunday. So the first of the three, we've been looking at three questions. What does the Psalm teach me about me? What does the Psalm teach me about God? Yeah. And what is, <laughs> I just switched the order myself. And then uh, how, do, how does this compel me to respond? So the first question we're going to look at is, what does this teach me about me? Admit. And Jose, your kind of opening point here was admit that we are all longing for something mm-hmm. just based on the those first four verses of Psalm 42. Love to just start off by asking both of y'all, why is that so important that we start there by just acknowledging yeah. that we're longing for something? Because I, I think you could grow up in the church and you can right. hear a lot of great messages, but even just that concept may be hard to fully grasp. But why is that relevant as we dive into uh, just what it looks like to follow Jesus in our day-to-day lives? Yeah, hunger and thirst are two things that we have to do. We have to eat and we have to drink. Mm-hmm. And so he's the psalmist is modeling. He's hungering and thirsting for God. He's saying, Lord, I, I, where are you? You know, I, I need you. And this is an honest question that we all have to ask ourselves when we, when, you know, what are we longing for? And is God whom we are longing for? Because oftentimes we, you know, turn to snacks, or like I said yesterday, we drink other things besides water uh, to quench our thirst when only true water can can give us the nutrients and the refreshment that our body needs. So I think it's at the key of what God is looking for. He's looking at the posture of our heart. He's looking mm-hmm. at how, um, you know, how we're living that out by uh, what we're what we're doing and, and what we're consuming also. And so hungering and thirsting is, yeah, key to who we are in Christ. Yeah, and I think getting very practical with that as well, everyone in the world is looking to satisfy their needs in some way, shape, form, or fashion. And what I love about this psalm is I think that's a cry out to God is, if we're not going to be turning to God, Mm 
Yeah. We're going to look to other things and they're not going to satisfy. They're not, you know, and that's why it starts with as the deer pants for water. So my soul longs for you. That's the only thing that can truly satisfy. Yeah, I remember freshman year at Texas State, that's when I started following Jesus. Mm -hmm. Um, I had tried some things that had not satisfied. And that was a part of my um, realization at the time was, man, I'm I'm longing for community. uh, And here I am trying to make friends in different circles. And I'm I'm, I'm starting to be someone that I'm not. And it's also a lot of work to be someone that you're not, you know, and I'm trying to gain the approval of other people and um, where, where, and then at the same time, again, by God's grace, I was a part of this church and a community group that where, where I was seeing what it, you know, the, the difference between hungering and thirsting for uh, satisfaction and belonging and all those things in a biblical community and, and doing the same, that same longing in the world. And, you know, again, I received such incredible community from this body, from uh, Crosstalk community then, um, that it, that was it. I was satisfied. Mm-hmm. And I'm here because of that. So yeah. it was God's people demonstrating God's love um, in my life that that allowed me to see, man, when you follow after Jesus, he really will satisfy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And not just that, I feel like that one time where we choose, okay, just fully surrender and, and receive Christ's love, but just even continually as we walk with the Lord and just continuing to experience that satisfaction. Uh, I'd love to kind of ask y'all, Jose, I love the illustration you use of the drought and just our our, our, our lawns and just the, the example that that is, that maybe some are in a in a, a dry season. They feel like they uh, that God is distant from, them. I'd love to ask both of y'all just personally, I don't know if, a, if a, another illustration comes to mind or, or kind of how do you both respond in those times where God seems distant? Because I think some could think, oh, you're, you work for a church. There's no way that God yeah. <laughs> you know, would be distant <laughs> from y'all. And yet what have those times been like? And just even what are some of your go-to responses as far as when you're in, in those situations? I mean, I'd love to hear Joel's <laughs> because um, I, I shared mine yesterday. Um, so I'm gonna let you sure. Go. Yeah. No. Absolutely. I think I really relate to to the sons of Korah here because what they're doing is they're reminding themselves. Mm-hmm. They're saying, "I remember what it was like when I was in the house of the Lord and they were worshiping." And so for me personally, and I, I can relate to this. I think it's been a, a hard year for me. Um, just family. I, I lost my dad um, in in late uh, January. And that's what it's felt like a lot. Like, God, why? Why does this happen? Why do things like this happen? I feel like you're not here. And yet that's the furthest thing from the truth. God is right there and meets us in those hard and difficult times. And the way that I personally do that, number one, which is awesome and why I love my job is I just worship. I pull out my guitar and I cry out to God through song. And what that does is it reminds me that God is continually there for me and he's with me in the the hard times and he's faithful and sees me through. Mm, it's really good, man. And it is turning our attention to God that we mm-hmm, realize who, absolutely. who he really is. He is faithful despite, you know, what we go through this side of heaven, loss and, mm-hmm. um, you know, tragedy, despair, all of those things. They're symptoms of this broken world. Um, I, I turn on I turn on my Spotify playlist and there's a worship yeah. playlist that I just random and you know some songs I'll skip but then other songs I'll repeat because they just strike a certain tone um, and again it's all 
pointing us back to God. Um, and then the other thing that I do is I diagnose. Well, why is this? Why is this happening? So oftentimes we think that well, God's punishing us. We're far away from God. We're in this desolate season, or we mm-hmm. feel like you know we're we're in this period because uh, we're sinful, and and God is perfect, and He's just saying, "I told you so. You should have done better." And that's not the truth. Mm-hmm. When we're in Christ, He bridged that gap for us. So there yeah. is nothing that can separate us from God's love. Mm-hmm. You know, He's not punishing us. We are experiencing the symptoms of a broken world with broken relationships. And then, yes, there are parts of ourselves that are broken. So there are some consequences of our sin that may lead to despair, sadness, all of those things. But we're we're, we're, we're still longing for Jesus to come back and make all things new. So diagnosing the problem helps me uh, when when I look at, well, this is out of order. How come? Is it, uh, you know, is it because we just live in a broken world? Is it because of a broken, you know, relationship or another broken person? Or is, does this have to do with my own brokenness mm-hmm. inside of me? Mm-hmm. That's a perfect tie-in just to this like, idea of self-reflection and taking yeah. time to stop and analyze just like the psalmist did, uh, especially in, in verse five. I feel like, we may be on, on two kind of ends when it comes to self-reflection. One may be, uh, I was in my community group last night and, and it was neat to hear different people on the spectrum. Some don't like self-reflection because they don't even want to think about it. They just want to ignore, <laughs> they just want to run from the problems. It's like, it's not there, so I'm just not going to think about it. And then others, they got the self-reflection down, but they can spiral just so quickly yeah. and it just becomes where without that redirection, like you talked about, it just really, yes. yeah, it just really goes intense. And so how would you encourage those who are listening to, to do self-reflection well? What does what does that look like, and and maybe how do you know when you're you're veering off track? <laughs> That's so hard. <laughs> I would say it, it's just it, it hurts. You know, this psalmist. If we were if we were with them, they're probably in tears. Mm-hmm. You know, they're probably agony is is hurtful. It's painful. What we experience, loss of your dad. This mm-hmm. this is hurtful stuff. We hurt this side of heaven because this is not what God intended, and yet He's given us. People, he's given us community, he's given us his word, his Holy Spirit, music, worship, mm-hmm. all of those things are gifts. Um, but I, I would say, you know, sometimes what we're running from is we're running from pain. Mm-hmm. We don't want to experience pain, but yet it's the pain that helps us process. You know, grief is important to go through. Yeah. So don't ignore the pain. I, I, I would say, I would say that I'm an eternal optimist. I'm 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 on the hope extreme. Well, I'll turn everything too quickly and, and I'll overlook the process of self-reflection because I, I'm, 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 you know, I have faith, I'm grounded in God's word and who Jesus is, who he says I am. And so I, I want to turn people quickly to that. And what God is teaching me is, is, is to wait and, and to feel and, and to really you know, take my time in that self-reflection for myself, but then also with with those around me, mm-hmm. um, because it's a process. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, the psalmist again tells us it's a process that is God ordained and here for our own good, so that we can become more like Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the obvious answer, right, is it's finding the balance between those two things of yeah. feeling all of your feelings, but then redirecting yourself and saying like, God, I still trust you. I still put my hope in you. I think, Jose, when you started this series at the very beginning, a couple of weeks ago, you talked about how we need to express our emotions yeah. and really feel those things because it's healthy to do. Because when we bottle those things in, then that leads to us spiraling as well. Right. So there's That's both right. ends of the spectrum. 
And then we look at Jesus, and I think you referenced this in your message as well, where he's in the garden, and that's the balance where he's saying, God, if it's your will, take this cup, but not my will, but yeah. your will be done. And so in that moment, he's he's feeling his feelings and then saying, but God, I'm trusting you, and I want to, yeah, yeah put my hope in you and do your will. Mm-hmm. That's so good. That's so good. And this third point here uh, ties into that, just out of this this posture of worship and just adoration to God, just that God's loving kindness is overwhelming. Uh, I love several of the passages you mentioned just in this section, Jose, uh, including John 4, just references the the living water that we have, that mm-hmm. tying in from the beginning that um, that we, we thirst for and we hunger for and that God does fully satisfy there. Uh, kind of the big takeaway there is just receiving God's loving kindness. Um, what what does that actually look like? Because I know that uh, I've I've heard that in church before, and I think many have heard that uh, before. But but what does it look like to just receive God's love? What does it look like in your lives, and what impact has that had when it comes to the the cravings or the the thirst that that y'all have in your walks? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think it, it can look different ways in different seasons of life, and then with through different circumstances. Uh, one way for me that I've received God's love is, um, you know, reading the word, but then really believing that it's true. So believing those things that God says about me, uh, A, that he created me with a purpose. So I'm, there's no, there are no mistakes here on earth. <laughs> Every person is put here on this earth with tremendous purpose and uh, it's God given. So the creator, your creator, uh, established that purpose for you, no matter who you are, no matter what you believe, no matter uh, where you were born, you know, does it, all of those things are void. Every human being that's ever been born into this earth has been created by our Father. And then I've messed some things up. I haven't called him my perfect heavenly Father, you know. Uh, I've gone my own way, and yet he made a way for us to be in relationship with, and he's totally forgiven me. So that that's, when I remember, when I remember that, when I think about that, uh, I feel that loving kindness. I feel that kessed love, uh, the Hebrew word for, for, for this important concept. This, it's unconditional grace. It's one way. His love is one way. We messed up, well, he continues to love anyway. Um, now, if we're not under his love, that's where the danger is mm-hmm. because then we're not claiming this con- unconditional love for us. That's why Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Yeah. You can't have hesed love through other people because there is no other person, God, that died for you and is able to cover the sins of all of humanity. That's the power of the gospel. Um, And so when I remember that, when I think about that, when I'm in community group and we're sharing that, it connects with other people's stories here, having this conversation, man, it, it lifts my faith. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think just real quick to add on that, I completely agree. It's for myself, it's always coming back to the truth of the gospel that I don't have to do anything in order to experience God's love because God sent Jesus um, in the form of love, you know, to be sin for us. And then we are made whole through through what he did on the cross and his death and resurrection. And that to me is what I always come back to is just that yeah. that, that simple but so effective so, truth. Yeah, yeah. So, mm, that's so good. What about what about you? Yeah, no, seriously. Well, <laughs> yeah, no, I think, uh, yeah, I, I think God uses, like y'all have mentioned, just multiple uh, outlets and avenues to experience His love. And I think for me, when I think about when I, yeah, 
when I when I'm I'm entering into the lies or, or trying to uh, retreat from what God's doing, I try to just kind of isolate. And so I think for me, a community is a big one and kind of an easy yeah. way just to 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 isolate and and just start to believe those lies or start to to kind of uh, sulk in the brokenness instead mm-hmm. of uh, mm-hmm. truly redirecting my thoughts and saying, no, actually, <laughs> Jesus Jesus does satisfy and Jesus is bigger than than all these things. So yeah, I'd, I'd add those uh, to that. Related to that, we we know this truth that Jesus satisfies and that the water that we thirst for, the living water he provides, but the enemy also knows that. And so the enemy is uh, also here to steal, kill, and destroy and, and trying to to pull us away from that. What are maybe some some tactics or kind of practical ways that we can be on guard when it comes to just what we've talked about in this psalm and just this idea uh, that God truly does satisfy. How how do you stay on guard with that? How would you encourage others that are maybe uh, maybe in that time of either isolation or uh, just responding to God feeling distant by um, just retreating and, and maybe believing the lies? Hmm. Yeah, I think the enemy always wants us to feel like we're alone, and so I think just based on our conversation too is trusting that we can go to other people within our community and knowing that we can talk about what's going on in our lives, in our hearts, and knowing that that makes a difference, knowing that you have people that you can go to and trust um, with that, and then ultimately taking it um, to the Lord. I think with some of the spiraling that we've talked about, um, I had to learn a lot in my life to take my thoughts captive and give them um, back to the Lord and, and ask for His protection in that. That's really good, Joel, because we can go one way or the other. If you go too far on the hope side, mm-hmm. uh, then you're not being true to, to what you're experiencing and what your soul is going through. Mm-hmm. And if you're going too far on the other end with the self-reflection, um, it, it is too much about me yeah. and my, my stuff. And, and then there's no hope because God's not a part of that equation. So I loved, I loved uh, what you said about, you know, making sure that, that we, we have both. And I think the enemy wants to be on either extreme, mm-hmm. uh, either just be the guy with the right answer. You know, that's again, often where I'm at. <laughs> what does the Bible say? Let's just, <laughs> let's just do the right answer. Or um, you were too far on the other side where, where you're just all wrapped up in your emotion. And then that leads you to true despair that is without hope. And this psalmist, this is written in the Bible. Mm-hmm. You know, this is here for us. Maskil, many say that the, the, the heading of this, that this is a maskil, it's a word of instruction. Uh, again, it's unclear. That's why it's transliterated there in the Hebrew. But a lot of people say that's a word of instruction. And I really believe it's a word of instruction for mm-hmm. us because we need to do this. We need to both express ourselves, how we're really feeling, and then uh, have hope that He is the God of living water. His love never ends. All right. Hey, thanks, everybody, for listening to the Conversations podcast. If you have any questions that you want us to answer on the podcast, you can email us, conversations at cypresscreekchurch.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe and share the podcast. Thanks for being here again, everybody. It was awesome. That's it for this version of the podcast. We will see you guys next time.